Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the season three finale of Talking Technophobia and Film, the only film discussion show on both television and the internet where your opinions matter more than mine. Tonight, we're going to talk about the 2008 Disney Pixar film, WALL-E. Does anybody have a good uh, WALL-E impression you want to share with us? No. That's pretty good. Anybody? <laughs> I joked earlier that this would be the whole conversation. We would just make these noises back and forth. Directive, you know? Um, okay. Uh, so we've watched a lot of, oh, and there's some new faces, so thank you guys for coming. Uh, the way this usually works is I ask some questions, you guys share your opinions, and I desperately try to keep the conversation on topic. Sometimes successfully, but more often than not, not successfully. Um, but we'll see. I, I feel good about this tonight. I have note cards. Um, so we've watched, uh, 20 episodes worth of movies. I don't know if you've been keeping track, but that's what we're up to. Um, really? And I can say without a, yeah, I can say without a doubt that this is the most frightening film we've 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 seen and discussed so far, <laughs> at least in my opinion. And I'm I'm being serious. Um, so I, I'm interested in like a like and you can guys can raise your hand if you want, but uh, who loves this movie? Okay, okay, all right. Um, why? That's, that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. Yeah, please. Um, the, the parallels are so um, relatable to what's happening now. Like um, in Wally, the Amazon.com analog mm -hmm. is taken over and destroyed the world. Um, maybe that'll happen in the next few decades to us. Yeah, Amazon's growing. They're going to space and stuff. If uh, what's Jeff Bezos has his way, you know, it's not too far off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, so, this movie was well, by and large, very well could be like an Amazon stand-in. Uh, any other thoughts uh, why you love this film? Uh, just, I like her raising her hands. This is great. Go ahead. Very proper. Yeah. Very proper this week. Um, well, first of all, Wally is very cute. He's adorable. It's a little robot with personality. That's great. Um, I love the silence of the film mm. a lot with the music. I, I, it's calming to watch, and it's strange Yeah, uh, more or less the first 22 minutes of the movie are kind of without, like, spoken dialogue, uh, which is, I think is really interesting. They studied a lot of Charlie Chaplin films uh, to, like, get ready for it. Everett? Um, you spent the, like, first 10 minutes just blowing stuff up, and I can respect that. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> who doesn't love a good explosion? <laughs> Stefan? Um, I, I, my thing is that uh, I like that the robots, non-sentient beings are more life, uh, lifelike, more emotional, and more, you know, um, human than the humans are for the first, like, most of the movie until, like, Wally kind of shows up and kind of disrupts certain things and kind of shakes that back into everybody, just starting with, like, you know, like the John guy mm -hmm. steps away from the screen for a second and all of a sudden he's like, what is this world, you know, and the other, the new friend that he meets after that, they're like, it's John and Mary, yeah. Yeah, and well, yeah, I do want to touch upon that a little bit. Uh, the idea that how Wally and uh, his his quest for Eva kind of like affects the people around him and characters. Um, okay, any other thoughts? Yes, sir. I liked it because Wally looks like a little Johnny Five. He does look like a Johnny Five. Short circuits. According to IMDb's trivia, Wally's named after uh, Walter Elias Disney. Um, which I was unaware of. So there's that also. Um, okay, which brings us to our first topic, right? Uh, we're going to talk about the environment. Um, it sure seems like this movie is um, coming up with some kind of message or messages about uh, pollution, consumerism, and that goes back to like what we were saying before about Amazon, um, and even maybe like it's touching upon like recycling in some respect. So like. Can anybody describe the state of the planet in this movie and like how we got this way, you think? Yeah, go ahead. When I was rewatching it, the only thing I could think of was the George Carlin skit, um, just stuff. We just keep getting more and more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just to get more stuff and then put our stuff in this other stuff. That's what it just felt like to me. Just insane amount of consumers and to the point of just like excess everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's 
actually interesting if you think about how they go from all the stuff on the planet to them being on the ship and all their stuff is just compacted on their screen. Yeah. Like that's how they had evolved socially. Yeah. Or I guess not, not socially, just like as a society. Even, yeah. Even their food is condensed. Just <laughs> Everything tastes better through a straw, I've been told. <laughs> it's like they learned from their mistakes, but were they better for that's true, but also there's like less control that they have over that stuff, I guess. But yeah, you're right. Um, there's a lot less stuff uh, when we get to the scenes in space. I'm reminded of the Fight Club quote where it's the things you own end up owning you. Um, you you're right, I broke the first and second rule. <laughs> so uh, what are the attitudes that the, the humans have towards Earth in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. The people that are living on the spaceship, basically, cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Only a few thousand of them left, or whatever, and they still just don't care. Yeah. Like they already destroyed Earth, but they don't live like they cared about it or trying to fix it. They're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. There's this overwhelming like sense of apathy. Right. Yeah. The same apathy that probably destroyed the Earth in the first place didn't get cured after they destroyed the Earth. It got worse. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. That's. Like the attitude of them are like, all right, I guess we'll just go around in chairs now and focus. <laughs> that means they all seem perfectly happy. With that. I feel like uh -huh. part of it's like the 700 years distance. Mm -hmm. It just it became forgotten. Or it's just like, oh, that was just in you know, history. It's, it's, it's kind of like that sense of now where it's just like people just forget what history was or like how it can impact today in any way. So it's, just mm -hmm. like, it's out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah, it becomes like an abstract concept to them where it was like Earth was a place, it was a thing, but it's, that was long ago. Yeah, and I guess the 700 years provides them with that kind of distance. Yeah, um, well, there's that scene where the captain is learning about Earth. Mm -hmm. um, sort of like Wally is on Earth. Yeah. Learning about it through the artifacts, you know. Um, there, was, there was kind of that parallel between the, the robot and the humans. Yeah. Um, and I do want to talk more about Wally's hoarding because, you know, he might be a hoarder. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. Um, and like, that is a cool scene where he's just blown, where the Captain, Captain McCree is uh, doing the research, right? Define Earth, define sea, right? Um, he can't even sleep. He can't sleep. He just wants to keep learning about Earth. Isn't that a, a great mindset? That, you know, if only we all had that, like my high school t students. You know, um, just, just, they just love learning. Um, okay, uh, anything else with that? You're fired. Everett just got fired. <laughs> so, so Eve, uh, oh, I sounded like Wally there. Uh, Eve, um, there you go. Eve, um, Eve, uh, see, there we go. She, uh, her directive is to uh, carry and uh, transport the plant, right, which often acts as the symbol of like new life and often hope, right? The color green is uh, featured prominently in the movie. Uh, that's her directive. But I wonder, like, does the film have any messages on like whose true responsibility it is to take care of the planet? Any, any, any thoughts on that? It should be everybody's responsibility. Yeah. And do we see that in the movie at all? Not really. Okay. Well, at the end you do. Yes, well, miss. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, they've got no clue. Yeah, they're going to grow pizza trees. They are vastly underprepared for what they're walking into. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Go ahead, yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's implied yeah. that we, as a society, as a planet, handed over um, control of our lives to that, that mega corporation, mm -hmm. the end, mm -hmm. who then handed over control of the planet to these robots. Mm -hmm. B is for, by so and large, your very best it, friend. It, it became the robot's responsibility, in a way. Yeah, right? Like, Eve's going out, looking for the plant. They're sending out all of these Eves. Um, and it, if you watch the credits, it does seem like Wally and Eve and the other robots are the, um, the stewards of this land, and they do a lot of teaching the, the humans how to do stuff. The credits are, like, one of the best parts. I don't know if you guys stuck around for that. You see little, like, cave drawings of what's going on after the movie. That's why we don't need a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it becomes secular, right? And uh, hopefully this time around we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. Um, is this woke Disney, as the kids say these days? Is this is this an example of what they call woke Disney? Yeah, I make yes. it again. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, why is this woke Disney? Just because I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. there is a clear message about how we need to more properly take care of things here. Otherwise, our outcome can become, can, will be us as gelatinous masses just in chairs looking at screens flying through space. Yeah, big, big blobs of people. Yeah. Isn't that an irony? Why? How so? Because it's Walt Disney. Yeah. And um, don't they make things you don't need? Mm hmm. No, never. Not That's a Mickey not Mouse. True, don't don't talk bad about Mickey Mouse. <laughs> not my Mickey and Minnie. No, no, no. I think that's a really good point, right? That Disney is this monolithic corporation that is very consumer oriented, right? And it's all about buying. Mm-hmm. It's all about um, uh, merchandising and buying. Yeah, and we're, I mean, maybe we're moving away from the the, the concrete with that. And like they have like digital things now, like Disney Plus, because they're selling us that. Um, you got to pay extra. You know, they're, they're gonna get us no matter what. They they got things in the vault and they release it limitedly. See, this is before when I said we go off the rails. This is this is the beginning of that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Disney is like Disneyland, Disney World. Yeah. Are simulacra like mm -hmm. simulations of like a 1950s small town? Yeah. Or a fantasy world. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, I mean, I think that it's was a great point. All over it was again. such a great point. Yeah. Yeah, there's parallels there. Yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I like that, uh, the idea that it represents this nostalgia for a thing that never really existed, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So the movie, it's a book, Disney, it's sort of like a carbon offset for their actual consumerism. Yeah. At least they made a movie to warn people about consumerism. So is it like virtue <laughs> so like signaling? Buying, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of movies... Well, I'm using all, terms. I don't really know what they mean. First so. of all, the movie's very popular. Like, it did really well. Yeah. And the message of environmentalism is very popular, regardless of who makes it. I mean, Disney might not necessarily be... First of all, the actual parks are relatively environmentally conscious. Yeah. As parks go. Okay. Uh, compared <laughs> to other parks. And, I mean, they have their own power plants. They have their own solar. Like, they're... Yeah. They, they somewhat try to work in that direction. But, like... Uh, you know, they produced a movie that's basically a very good movie about figuring out that something's got to be done about protecting the environment. Okay. They use their money for good. Okay. Sometimes. And there's a landfill full of so Wally like dolls somewhere. <laughs> yes, there is a landfill. I believe it. Um, okay, cool. Um, so it wouldn't be a talking technophobia class if we didn't talk about technology. Um, and there's a lot of technology in this movie, like uh, Stevan had mentioned before about like uh, the difference between uh, the machines and the, the humans and how uh, the machines seem more lifelike than the humans do. And I mean, I think there's marvelous uh, examples of technology, but also like really terrifying ones. Um, I think it does bring up the question whether or not technology is helping or hurting us, uh, in, or us, the people in this movie. Um, so I'm wondering like how far... Us, you and me, just you and me, Sharon. Um, I'm wondering how far-fetched or distant this technology is, in your opinion, right? Do you like we we obviously have spaceships, and they are talking about like you know space cruises and things like that, and you know things for the super wealthy. Um, is this a pipe dream that's far off in the distance, or is this something that's like the environmental angle? Is this Closer to reality than than people might not first think. I think it's twenty years down now. You think twenty? Yeah. Space cruise? If Jeff if Jeff Bezos see if Jeff Bezos and Disney were just plugging them a lot tonight. If he is his way, Elon Musk and stuff. So you think twenty years? Elon Musk already said I don't think it'll take that cruise. long. Yeah. Yeah, like three three months ago. Okay, that's true. It went around the Earth three times. Wait, are we no are we talking like Doctor Who space cruise? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Because there's like a there's an episode where they're cruising around space in a, in like a Titanic ship, mm -hmm. but it's a spaceship. Mm -hmm. That's what I think of when I think space like cruise. Element. Yeah. yeah. That's like a space cruise ship. Fifth yeah. Element. Um, Wally. Um, so how far? How far? Wally. How far are we from that? HBO Avenue Five. I think. Oh, uh, that's what I was trying to remember the name of that. It was oh, HBO that was Avenue Five. That was crazy. Okay. Yeah. Show, show. Yeah, sure. So I think the, the movie, 
over portrays the environmental damage right now because the environment's probably gotten in some respects dirtier, but okay. in some respects cleaner. Like, yeah. The Boston Harbor used to catch fire. Or Cleveland, like I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff has been put in the Boston Harbor. Right. It's, it's more like, than just it, tea. It used to be that like you couldn't live in Pittsburgh without having black lung by the time you were like 30 years old. That, yeah. That's gone. Okay. So like the environment does get cleaner here, it gets dirtier there. This is showing you sort of like a sort of a metaphorical picture of where it's all going to go. So I think it's it said 700 years. It could have been 7,000 years. Like, you're not really sure when it's going to happen. I think it's just sort of... That's true, because we don't get a date for when this is occurring. We do know that they've been cruising for seven years. years 700, yeah. Oh, you're right. There are dates on the captain pictures. Does anyone remember? It went so fast. Yeah. It was in the 27-something-something. Right, by the end. By the end. Yeah. So I guess it was 2000. I guess it was 2000. Okay. I guess it was when they made the movie. Two thousand and eight, you think? Yeah. Like. The the last date in the for the captain is twenty seven something. I think the first date of the first captain was like twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one something. Twenty one ten. At that point, that's when. Okay, so Disney thinks it'll take us a hundred years to wreck the planet. <laughs> I, I, I think we can do it faster. Okay, it's like a timetable where that, that goalpost keeps getting moved towards us instead of further away. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. I think part of why it's, it's so effective is that the technology in it is blended to be somewhat really far advanced and super, you know, futuristic with a lot of pretty chairs and the, the space crews, mm -hmm. but then has elements that we can look at today of like this AI that's like, you know, we're talking to the machine, the machine's talking back to us like Google or Alexa and stuff like that running our days, scheduling our well, lives kind of thing, sitting in front of the screen like all day. All, all of these things are things that have happened now for like 10, 15, 20 years now. And there's stuff like from the future. So it's like because of that blend, it feels more relevant, more like likely that this is you know, our future because of that feel. Yeah. One of the reasons I like what we do here together is no one's got a, like a screen in front of their face. And I had to double check before I said it. <laughs> Nobody's got like a screen in front of their face because I'm so used to like human interaction and having to compete with like, you know, you know this bad boy just, you know, and people are like, uh-huh, yeah, oh, okay. Um, and like, yeah, I really do. You see that in WALL-E and it, it probably was ahead of its time in that regard where we weren't as absorbed in the screens and this kind of like hypothesized and predicted what was going to happen? But, you know, COVID-19 made it more reality. Yeah. Because that was our only, our only connection to other human beings besides the people in our house. Quick plug, I wrote a book about this. Um, you know, you could, you could, it's on Amazon. I think it's discounted right now. What's it called? Obsolete, A Teacher's Tale of Tomorrow Today. Um, but yeah, um, so you're right, COVID-19 really did um, influence and um, kind of like you saw leaps and bounds where like, it's almost like that security blanket now, you know, and you see how detrimental it is, um, how like uh, destabilizing it is for the character of Mary when, you know, Wally pulls the thing and disconnects her at first. And then like her eyes are open and she can see like, oh, we have a pool, you know, and things like that. I didn't know we had a pool. Right. The Lido deck. Yeah. There was also the quick scene um, where there's the two friends in the pods mm -hmm. planning on hanging out. Yeah, and they're right they're next to right each other. Next, yeah, communicating through the screens instead of like looking over. Yeah, I noticed that again because I watched it again last night and then, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I, I, the part with the friends planning what they're going to do really stuck out to me. It's like, oh, we could play virtual golf. Nah, we did that yesterday. You know, yeah. We also might have inadvertently got something right about living in space. If you live in zero gravity, you do become a blob. Like, your bones get less dense. Yeah, that's what they've said, right? You know that, like, you can't really live in space for that long because, well, unless you have artificial gravity and everything else, otherwise everybody starts to... But they do have artificial gravity. They do have a little bit of artificial gravity. I know, because I've been thinking about this, too, with yeah. the bone loss and stuff, and I'm like, that, that makes sense. 
But then it's like they, they have artificial gravity and stuff. And I think it's just all those cupcakes in a cup they're drinking. Yeah, they're all drinking. That's part of it. The regenerative food buffet. Mm -hmm. There is a warning that is recorded. What's that? It's the president. Oh, the by and large president? Yeah. And now, is by and large also the government by this point? Um, yes. Yeah, right? Because yeah. he's definitely, he has the seal of the Oval Office, it looks they, like. Yeah. They even have by and large currency. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick shot in the very beginning when all he's just, you know, rolling through the planet. You see a bunch of by and large bills on the ground. Okay, I didn't notice that. That's interesting, yeah. It's frightening, also. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'm that I'm buying first. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else who's got Amazon Prime, we're gonna get on that. Is it? I haven't noticed. It's one of those shared universe things. Yeah. I did see the Pizza Planet truck. Yeah. Well, there's that theory, right? Like, um, the cars wrecked the planet, and this is how we got Wally. -E. <laughs> and that's why there's no people in cars. I don't know. I thought it was I've watched some YouTube videos. <laughs> people evolved into cars? That's even more frightening. Like I guess they just gelatinized into long. We should have done, done cars. That would be scary. <laughs> ching, ching. Um, with eyes. The first cars, maybe. But that's really a movie to sell toys. Um, you know, I look at cars, and I just see, like, Dolls with suction cups that go on the on your car windshield and stuff. That's I'm actually quoting Gremlins too. Uh, so there's that. There's that. I, I'm just made of movies. Nothing I say is original. It's come from something. Um, so are we meant to fear the technology in this movie? Like, should we be afraid? Be very afraid? That's the fly. Um, yes. Why? Both? No. I thought we loved the technology. Everybody loves Wally. But we fear auto, that's a good point. We fear auto. So what is it about auto that's scary? He's like, oh. Hey, Calvin. Hi. <laughs> what is it about, getting back on topic, what is it about uh, auto, the autopilot, that's so frightening? Reminds me of Hal. Yes. He's, I think on purpose. And that's what scares me. <laughs> They have the music, yes. right, when they stand up for the first time. And yep. the silent And the silent opening, that's true, too. Okay. It's, it's all connected. I'm going to try to bring it full circle before this is done tonight. It was Jurassic Park was the first one. Wait, what was the first one this year? Frankenstein? And then what was the last one last year? A Kubrick movie. Um... Oh, it might have been 2001, might have been the last one. We did do Clockwork Orange. It was on Zoom. I, had a, I wore an outfit and had eyelashes. Same I think Wally's outside. Um, that was a very unnerving movie. Is it anything about, like, uh, so besides the uh, obvious HAL 9000 parallels, is there anything... Uh, about the character or characterization of Otto, things he does or says that um, we should be concerned about or afraid of. What is it that he represents about technology? Yeah, what do you think? Technology is programmed for a purpose, but it starts to develop its own purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately what happens in this movie, and it happens in a lot of other movies where it makes its own decisions as opposed to its programs. That evolution. The, the Eventually, a, a computer will be smart enough to think for itself, but when it does, it's not going to do what you ask it to. Yeah. It's going to do what it asks itself to do. Mm -hmm. What makes sense to, to that machine. And it's better than you in most things. Yeah, it's going to beat you at chess, no problem. Right. <laughs> um, so, Hell never like, goes against what he was ordered to do. It's Wally and he continues that. Yeah, so in, in 2001, it was more of a misreading of his directive. Mm -hmm. in this one, it was sort of an override of the directive, like, I guess. Well, like, everybody... The A113? He was programmed to do that. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's just, like, it maintained that full control as opposed to kind of, like... And it had that one, like, the narrow vision of just, like, this is what I was programmed to do, and that's it. While, you know, sometimes, like, as we show, they found that, like, and he was still trying to suppress it. Mm -hmm. The original objective was, well, that's... Yeah, it doesn't adapt to the new information that it's presented with because of that objective that it was given almost 700 years ago. Uh, okay. 
Um, this movie turns uh, robots into people and people into babies, right? Um, and I'm wondering, like, how can we see that in this movie? Um, and if so, like, what statements is it making about us? So, like, how are people babies in this movie? We've given up control to the machines, right? They They've given up control to Otto. They drink out of bottles. They do drink out of bottles. That's true. And those aren't really strollers. Those, the, that's true, right? Like, it's a, the, the giant strollers that they're wheeling themselves around in. Um, well, no, 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 I, I guess themselves. even... They, bar they barely take any control of themselves the for it, yeah. so they're just being pushed from... That's true, they're on a track, yeah. Okay. You don't, you don't see children being mm -hmm. raised by the adults, and there's the scene where you see um, infants in those incubators, you know, and it's, it's implied that they're being cared for by the AI. Yeah. Not their parents. Yeah. You see the, the school shot, and it's A is for Axiom, our home sweet home. B is for by and large, our very well, best friend. It's actually not made clear how those babies are made. I mean, if these people are gelatinous blobs. We're trying to keep this PG. <laughs> Tell me, Dad. <laughs> well. No, I mean, but are they making babies in, in baby incubate in tubes? Yeah, pro I would assume so. that point, probably. Like Matrix style. I mean, because the humans aren't doing it. Right. Well, I, because it's such a new experience for them to actually touch hands. Yeah. You can tell that they're that they're incubator babies. And I, I remember that thing about the hands because I think that human connection, right, is something important to this movie. It's not about the stick the, to defend ourselves and keep others away. It's about the rope to connect each other, right? Uh, and I'm, that these things are not in the movie. I'm just saying, like, those are the first tools. Some of the first tools we've created, and one was for defense and one was for, like, bridging, you know, connection. And I think that the hand motif is definitely something that um, kind of like alleviate, uh, kind of speaks to that a little bit, where like Wally and Eve have that scene where they're holding hands, right? Um, we well, see that again and again. You see Wally watching, I think it was Hello Dolly, you see him holding his own hand. Mm hmm. But Eve, Eve does that as well, too, when she sees the same moment on that screen. Mm hmm. Yeah. They bond over their love of musicals, what can I say? <laughs> You know what? Singing and dancing. Wally's got some moves, you know. Wally and Uh oh, okay. Human ingenuity. Uh, human ingenuity is often our innate problem solving ability, like Luke Skywalker using the force, disconnecting from technology to blow up the Death Star in a new hope. Um, it's this ability to rise over adversity, to think outside the box, to problem solve. Um, and this is often how in the movies we've discussed, right? how the, the main conflicts get resolved through this like thinking outside the box and problem solving ability. But in this film, humans are uh, represented as dependent and lazy. And I wonder if this is uh, representative of our current uh, attitudes and culture. Right? Are we more like these big baby people than, than others might, might assume? Right? Is this not a vision of the future, but a reflection of the present? Mm -hmm. there th it'll adapt to the way you think and what you do and your behavior. That's, that's a good point. I know my first phone number. It was 949-7153, and I've known some of you guys for years, and I don't know any of your phone numbers because I don't need to, including you. Um, I don't know any of your phone numbers <laughs> because bad. I don't need to. I can't go anywhere without using the GPS on my phone. Uh, whereas I used to be able to drive and go places and look at exit signs and figure things out. Use a map. Yeah, or I use a map. I never used a map. I printed MapQuest a couple I times. I printed MapQuest all the time. <laughs> Everett? So there was a study done, I forget how long ago, but it was like they found out that people are more likely to remember where they can find information than the information itself. So okay. And like how to like find that information rather than like actually like remembering it. So that's bad. So. So, like, the captain knows where to look to learn about Earth and stuff, but he just isn't going to know those things innately. And, like, again, like, the quality of education on that ship, he's just like, the pizza tree, we're going to grow a pizza tree. But, but, but just think of, get to the 
password and like they're told, okay, the password information is stored here, and they're more likely to be able to remember where the information is stored than just the password itself. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like, don't like those generated passwords. No, they're complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to say? Just, just remember how as, as, as he looks up and he, and he sees the off switch, mm -hmm. and you go, oh my God, learning is occurring. <laughs> he recognizes an off switch. That's true. Uh, so, so speaking of uh, the captain, what, what does the captain, because the captain is probably the human protagonist of this movie, um, Captain McCree. Um, what does he, he and his actions show us about uh, human ingenuity or the human spirit or anything like that? Go ahead. Well, he starts off with just like only, like where the only thing he does is make morning announcements. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't even do that. That's the one thing I get to do on this show. At least he's dissatisfied. He, 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 yeah. he sees that. So then he sort of like ends up like sort of helping save the day. Yeah. No, and he does. He does save the day. And well, I mean, he plays a hand in it. You're right. It's not only him. It is a combined effort of man and machine. My favorite line is also like what he says is what they say the robots are telling him. Like this is what you need to survive. Like, yeah. I survive. I want to live. And I think that kind of shows this kind of you know we can't just survive. We can struggle with each other. We need to live, and like that's what the the volley basically introduces to this. The will to live, the fight to not only survive, but have your own experiences, have some kind of agency over your own life. Okay. Um, does he show this problem solving? Like, again, like learning the off switch and putting two and two together, I think is a good example of that. Can anybody think of other examples? Well, he stood up too. Standing, yeah. right? And they all see it. All the other humans on the ship, they see it. Oh my God, he can stand. Right? <laughs> Uh, I call that moment baby's first steps. It's like one, it reminds me one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Uh, yeah. That's another, I guess it's kind of an analogy to 2001, but like the monkeys. Yeah, they play the music at that point. Yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, like, walking is the, it's the, it's the first steps, that, like, it's the first time, like, that this, like, generation of humans, anybody in this generation of humans has ever taken, has ever, like, walked. Well, kind of, kind of strikes me as, as the Frankenstein moment, too. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, full circle. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, okay. Okay. Um, are there anything positive about humanity highlighted? Right, because uh, we see a lot of the negatives. Is there anything positive about us or them? We make good movies. Wally's a good movie. We made that. Yeah. Well, uh, despite the degradation, there was still some innate sense of humanity never yeah. So that's in the movie, despite the fact that they were blob. Yeah. They, At least they knew what a beach was. Right. They, they, kept, <laughs> they, kept, they, they even though they were being fed by machines in a way that they could be blobs, when the time came to need it, their brain still had the human aspect to, to overcome it. Yeah. Or at least to try to overcome it. And we see some empathy there, right? They a lot of them empathize with Wally, right? John and Mary definitely do. Like, oh no, Wally. When he gets crushed by the the receptacle, um, so yeah, right. I like that. Whereas idea that where they're retaining some kind of aspects of their humanity, um, more so than just uh, the captain, right? We see that it, it's kind of contagious and it seems to spread a little bit as we approach that final act of the movie. Um, okay, any other thoughts about that? Because next I'm going to talk about ghosts and machines. Okay. Uh, so the ghost in the machine idea, right, and we've talked about it before, but it's the idea that like uh, through malfunction or unforeseen um, elements uh, or just like co random code in the programming uh, on a long enough timeline, like robots develop sentience or consciousness. Uh, they start to become indistinguishable from us in terms of being alive. Um, and maybe even develop something close to like a soul, right? Now I know this is a Disney movie and everything is anthropomorphized anyway, but it sure seems like Wally -E and the other machines have a lot of human characteristics put on them where the humans are lacking those things. Um, and I do want to ask if Wally's -E a hoarder, but I guess it's a better... <laughs> he's, 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 built, he's doing that really well, because you figure he's like the only one all the other ones are broken down on the side of the road, and he's jacking their sneakers. 
Um, and there are other parts. But is he malfunctioning or evolving? Both. Right? Both? What do you think? Why? Uh, well, he, well, yeah, he um, does like do things that the normal ones don't, that the functioning ones don't do, but it's those malfunctions. But that's all that like mutations that like cause evolution are. It's just like when like the genes don't copy properly, mm -hmm. they cause like those mutations are what cause evolution. Yeah. Uh, he's, still, he's still good for his programming as he can make those boxes as evidenced by you know mm -hmm. really tall pyramids they do the time lapse and they, they show you his progress in one day you know how many uh, boxes he's making yeah and evolution is just mutation mm -hmm. and the fact that Wally was the only surviving robot of his type on earth yeah maybe that implied that he, he was glitched or, or mutated in some way that that let him yeah, yeah. He, he shows um, the ability to adapt, right? Where, like, again, his, his treads are messed up, and he's, like, he notices it, and he goes and he takes the, the treads off another one that's already broken down and replaces it. He's got spare parts. Uh, go ahead. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is, like, it's not necessarily hoarding. He has spare parts. He like, was keeping things that he found useful. Mm -hmm. Whether they were for aesthetic purposes or completely functional purposes, there was a reason why he kept those items. And it was all very well organized. It was very well organized. Still a hoarder? I mean, no, no, I, I, better I, organized than me. So. No, I like the idea that he looked at them as though, man, those are the Air Jordans of the age. Mm -hmm. oh, let me get those. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is grave robbing a little bit. How so? Yeah. And sometimes it's just because it's pretty or different, right? Like the Rubik's Cube, he, he's like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to hold on to it. You know, he doesn't even think to try to figure it out until Eve shows him the completed one. What were you going to say? I was going to say, to follow up with Karen, so yeah. like a lot of what we find sentimental is just regular things. It's just there's an emotion tied to it, a memory tied to it, something else otherwise from any other perspective, it's just stuff. Yeah. Basically what he's, he's collecting is from these things that he just finds interesting for whatever reason to him. And, you know, from another perspective, it's just a lighter. Yeah, you know, right. But, you know. Yes, but they're all just lighters. The lighters were cool, so. <laughs> well, I mean, got collected, yes. lighters are cool. <laughs> Don't play with fire. Um, uh, well, we do, we do that after we knock over. Oh man! Eve blows up all those tanker ships. That, that's a scary part of the movie too. When you see just how much power she packs, um, it's just, and they all fall over okay, and explode. Let me, let me nudge that ship over. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so it seems like Wally collects things that are unique, just like Wally himself is like unique, right? Um, and like what we were saying about evolution and stuff and um, adaptation, I think that is something that you can really see. Um, but what about the robots on the Axiom? Are, are they also unique, or are they malfunctioning? Are they evolving? Because it seems like Wally has shares similar traits to them, where they're not functioning the way they're supposed to. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like the, clean, like the cleaner robot definitely has a bit more of a personality. Mo? Yeah, Mo. Yeah. I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> I forgot his name. Um, the uh, like that one like sort of like it also has a bit more personality than the other like he gets angry at Wally for like leaving the mess and like while well, like I feel like the other ones will just like it's okay clean like what they see and then move on and just like not bother like tracking what tracking Wally throughout the entire ship. There's a pivotal moment with Mo right where he makes a choice and and <laughs> to go off his line and. Follow Wally and clean and follow the thing to be clean. Right, and like there's several examples of like uh, when when John falls out of his chair, right, and the lines just go around him, and everyone's following those tracks, but Wally and the others they don't they don't follow that path. Yeah, and I think that's part of the core of the movie too, is just like um, breaking free of that like directed line mm -hmm. and the whole uh, like control aspect of. Uh, 
auto and stuff like that. It's like keeping it on this track and that's it. There's no leaving the road, no leaving the track. And throughout the movie, just just Wally is that unique one of his kind that kind of like went off the track. Like, he, and then once he gets to the ship, he introduces that kind of breaking pass everywhere he goes, from like Mo to to John falling off his chair. Mm-hmm. And as it keeps going, it just spreads to like the point where at the end of the movie, everyone is completely off the track. Yeah. Where everyone's falling to one side of the ship because everything is all over the place, and it's just I think that's what kind of like helps us to redirect. It's like we're on this path, mm-hmm. but we don't have to be. Yeah. We can avert this scenario, whatever. Um, and that's that's the the human aspect that Wally introduces back to him. It's like that choice. Mm-hmm. There's this or that, and we can go with the way we. And, as, and I think that's a great point, like, that we don't have to stay on this path. We just have to go off it, and Wally shows us that. And now I'm just wondering if, like, he learned that from Hello, Dolly, right? Because, like, did, like again, right, these ideas and stuff were largely formed, I'm going to argue, from, like, watching movies. Um, and I wonder if there's a value to watching movies. That's all. Ah, just, so that's why Disney made movies. Disney making movies because they want you to watch more movies. You can solve all the problems by just watching some movies. He's so good. I like his little voice too. Mo. Um, all right. Well, uh, since you know, uh, some say the holiday season is the most romantic time of year, we're going to talk about the power of love uh, as our last topic. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm not going to even say anything. Um, where do we see love in this film? Because I don't know. John Lennon said, "All you need is love." So like Wally and Eve, right? Can, can, is there? Where, where is the love there? How, how can we define that as love? Well, once he gets over being terrified. Yeah, he's he's super awkward. I can relate to that. A little bit. Probably unrequited in the beginning, and then you know, but you know, all we had was movies. Mm-hmm. But this is how love should be. Okay. And how should? And no one else seems to know that. So there you go. But how should love be, right? What is love in this movie? <laughs> Anybody? That suggests that, suggests that the robots have emotions. Uh huh. And how is that even possible? Well, no. Well, it's a Disney movie. Everything's got emotions. You, know, you consider an artificial intelligence, intelligence building its information database more than anything mm-hmm. And if you keep on reinforcing the same thing by watching the same movie again and again. I can relate to that also. And again. It imprints deep. Okay. So you don't think it's love? No. Okay. You want to offer a counterpoint? Because I'm all with it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, robots can't love. I don't know. I think there's an essence to human beings that are not in a robot. Okay. I think that the things that they do and the things that they imitate make human beings think that there's an emotional component to mm-hmm. it. But just like... Um, the, the white robot. Eve? Eve. Yeah. When she destroys things, that's what she has no connection to the destroyed. Mm-hmm. But there's a human being there, there's something there. She's conditioned, not conditioned, but she's programmed mm-hmm. to just, you know, destroy. So I don't I don't I think that's what's missing. I think it's this idea that the robot has this emotional component to it because it's learned, but I think emotions are a human component okay. that is um, physical in nature. It can be imitated, mm-hmm. but I don't think that um, that's real. Okay. Uh, anybody want to respond or uh, offer counterpoints or <coughs> agree? Is he just watched Hello Dolly so much and he's just acting it out, going through the motions kind of thing? Yeah. Well, you don't know in 2110, you don't know what the state of artificial intelligence is going to be. Okay. I mean, it's possible. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Yeah. Now, now I really want to know if it is that he watched it so many times. What if he found, like, Terminator? Right, right. Wouldn't we have to have been much, much worse? <laughs> <laughs> Please, it's a Disney movie. <laughs> Well, he would just treat the plant like John Connor or something, right, and try to protect it. They will. 
They have. I, I heard somewhere today where they own both. They have Marvel, obviously, but also the Indiana Jones franchise now. What? I'm waiting for Captain America to cross over with Indiana Jones. I think that'd be great. I think, I think that'd be great. Is it? They don't have that yet. Okay. Not yet. Oh, because there's Paramount Plus and things. You're right. That's separate. Give them time. Never mind. Never mind. Say no more. Well, no, honestly, do you think that Eva is just a destructive machine or just a hair trigger defense mechanism? Oof. Because it's only when there's motion that she starts destroying things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think she's uh, destructive by nature, but I do think, yeah, she's on guard and um, constantly uh, like surveying for a threat, right? Because she views Wally as a threat originally. Um, she was surveying for plant life. Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's not the first thing. But yeah. That's an interesting thought. Like she's programmed to be defensive of anything moving. Yeah. Why? Yeah, that's a good point. Like why when she comes to Earth is she afraid that something's going to destroy her? Maybe. I mean, she is she's supposed to be looking for life. Right. So if things were moving, she might want to. That'd be a good thing. <coughs> right. So was there something implied to the fact that like there were? Yeah, but at the same time, by the emblem on. Robot. We're looking for plant life. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We're, not look, we're not looking for scurrying, scurrying life here. Yeah. Although she never managed to get the cockroach. <laughs> Did she true. try to get the cockroach? She actually, she succeeded in hitting the cockroach. The yeah. cockroach survived. Oh man, I cried a little bit when Wally runs him over at the end. <laughs> rolls right over that cockroach. But then he pops up and he's okay. And you're like, oof. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I never thought I could care about a cockroach my, so much. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not, this, not so much. I have a lot. In the building I work in, um, I name them uh, often after Disney characters. I know. Underrated. Like if she, if like she had come to, to like where Wally was a day earlier, he would have had the plant on him. Yeah. So if she had blown him up, then she would have blown up the plant. So. That's true. You're right. After all, yeah, but this is also off topic. Because I think this is about. Okay, Wally. mom. Tell us more. <laughs> tell us more, mom. No, robots no, can't no. love. Love, but it's just it's like uh, Sharon doesn't believe that the robots can't can't love. But meanwhile, they they go against their directives specifically to save one another, which is a type of love that they're exhibiting. Yeah. There's nothing in their plan that says you have to save another robot because that's not part of their directive. But yet they choose to go off course for one another. Yeah, he actually throws the plan. Yeah, she, when they're in the garbage dump room or whatever, the trash compactor room. Uh, he's like, directive. That's my Wally again. Um, and she's like, and she looks and she tosses it. Yeah. Whereas before, looking at it would like cause her to like completely shut down and get ready to like. Oh, yeah. How'd she turn that off? Love. The power of love. Yeah. Um, again, Again, according to Celine Dion song coming on. My heart will go on. Oh, that's a good one too. Um, that's Huey Lewis. That's Huey Lewis. That's also Celine Dion. That's it. Yeah. Um. Oh, I lost the thought. Hold on. No. Yeah. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Um, okay, so like maybe the robots can't love, but uh, John and Mary, those are people. Do they count as love? Yeah. Once they look at each other, it's one of those love at first sight, or they're literally the only two people unplugged, so it's natural that they would get together. I think they were together before they got unplugged. You think so? Yeah. She, he was the guy she was complaining about going on virtual dates with. Yeah, I think so. To her friends, she's like, oh, all these guys I go on these virtual dates with. Let me if tell she you. She saw him in person and was like. You do not look like your profile picture. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So maybe, maybe Wally. I know. I got one more question and then we're done. Um, I'm not supposed to talk to the camera. Uh, <clears throat> so, which brings us to our final question. Uh, my directive is not to, not to acknowledge the artifice and break the fourth wall. Um, <laughs> So this is one of the uh, n more recent or newer films that we've watched together over our time here. Uh, run it being second only to uh, Ex Machina. Um, so after three years of discussing film, what can we say about the portrayal of technology overall? Um, and f 
just both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> blessing and a curse. Also, feel free to talk about anything and everything at this point. <laughs> yes. Almost every movie treats technology as something that we need to be afraid of. Okay. There's no movie that's like technology is an unalloyed good. Yeah. Like there's no movie that's like, oh, thank God technology's here. We're all saved. Right. That's never. Star, Star Trek Next Generation, maybe. But other than so that. Just, yeah. I guess that is. Like, yeah. There, there's no bad technology. I mean, they've. All the technology is good in that. I think the Borgs are pretty All right, leave the Borg alone. But the human-generated technology fights the Borg. It's true. human-generated technology is all good. Yes, there's other bad technology, but that's alien. Yeah, and we kind of, we're not controlled by technology in that universe. But I agree with what Greg's saying. Like, for the most part, a theme that's run across all of these movies, almost like I planned it that way, kind of fits with what you're saying. And here's a... Okay. I'm a science major. All right. And people who make films are art majors, and they're afraid of science. <laughs> they are afraid of science. So, like, people who make movies not. are afraid of technology. Well, not all of them. Stanley Kubrick. I mean, I'm Wait, or is it the concept of ultimate power corrupting? Because yeah. technology brings power, and then that's yeah. corruptive. That's it. It's not the technology that's a problem. It's the humans behind it. Just like and defense of the artists, yeah. I'm just saying. No, I'm attacking artists. They just like to use the technology to make the art. And then pass that as well. That's true. No, yeah, and again, like I wrote a, a book about the dangers of screens for three years, staring at a screen. You know what I mean? And like, there was something very ironic, but also terrifying about that. What was the name of the book again? Obsolete: A Teacher's Tale of Tomorrow Today. Where did you get it? Find it on Amazon. <laughs> um, but don't try reading it on an e-reader. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good feedback. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, I was gonna say, I know how we can tie it all back to Frankenstein. No, okay. Yeah. In this movie, life finds a way. I have an index card over there with that written down on it. I will show you Isn't it later. That from Jurassic Park. That is from Jurassic Park. That is from Jurassic Park. Very good. Life found a way, right? Just life like it found a way in this film. All right. Any other final thoughts or statements? I'm, I'm upset that Jeff Goldblum wasn't in this movie. I know. Well, he might, he might have been. But we got Fred Willard instead, yeah, I, so... I'm, I'm, I'm okay with so having far, Fred Willard. So far, Fred Willard is the only live-action person in a Pixar, in a Pixar movie, right? That was yeah. actually very interesting. I liked that. That was a nice touch. Yeah. I remember thinking that when I saw the movie and didn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, oh, there are people in this movie. Well, it all starts off, and they're all real human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last before, call. Before Last... they get kind of gelatinous. Yeah. But what I wonder is... If they destroy the plant, how many other plants have been destroyed before they finally got back to Earth with the one plant? That's a good point as well. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Because if the if, if the um, Otto is following his directive, and the first yeah, impulse is and the first impulse is to destroy proof of life, mm -hmm. if you will, it makes you wonder. Yeah. I mean, you know that there hasn't been like an alarm like for the current. Because he has, like, no idea what to do. That's, yeah. that's a good point, too, yeah. So it makes you wonder. It does make you wonder. And I think we will, we will continue to wonder uh, as we draw this evening to a close. Um, so, again, I'd like to thank you all for being here. Uh, this is nothing without you guys sharing your thoughts and ideas. We can clap. We can clap for you. Um, um, yeah, and I think that's it. So thank you for coming. Uh, this is uh, three years together we've done this, and uh, I'm really happy with its, uh, with its turnout. And I think we're all more nerdy when it comes to movies now, and I'm, I'm proud that I've been able to help facilitate that. Hey, nerds rule. Nerds rule. The, the geek shall inherit. Um, okay, well, all right, thanks for coming. Have some pizza. What is the next thanks one? for back to the I don't know what the next one is yet. I don't know. You're sending me mixed messages. That's fun, though. What fun is life? You don't get to torture people. Stay tuned. That's <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned, everyone. All right, good night. We're done. <laughs>